This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life, only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to The Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland, and today I'm excited. We've got an unbelievable person with us, Julie Stackhouse. Julie, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you today? I am good. We're going to talk about your, uh, your whole life today. Are you ready for that? <laughs> Whew, I'm ready. I hope I wear the right shoes for this. Uh, exactly. Right. <laughs> Might have to get those running shoes out if you're not wearing them right now. So you are, well, currently you're in North Carolina outside of the beautiful Asheville where I just vacation with my family, but you're up there seeing your, your parents, which is good. So thanks for doing this. Tell mom and dad, we said hi, if they're running around there and, uh, but you are also, but you live in Jacksonville, Florida. So uh, I'm excited to have you today, but you are a Brooks ambassador. You are a, uh, former coach to USA track and field levels one, two, and three. You've, you've coached at the division one levels. You're coaching people on this Mount Everest run, which we're going to talk about later. Um, but right now you are a personal trainer and wellness coach and, uh, that stuff is going gangbusters right now. And people are really focusing on that, right? Yeah, it's, it's busy. <laughs> I bet it is. But, uh, like, like all the subjects, uh, or all the guests we have on here, Julie, we like to talk about your past and kind of what's made you the woman you are today. And I got to ask you, is it really true that I read this correctly? 16 individual state titles. It's really true. I know I have to, um, that's ridiculous. That too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, so I grew up actually in this mountain town where I'm visiting right now. And it's just, you know, you were just in this area, it's picturesque. Um, but it, you know, at that time being a teenager, there wasn't a lot to do if you weren't into sports. And luckily I was very into the sports and outdoors life. So, um, it was an amazing, I, I actually did a lot of different sports, but track was where I really, um, could, was able to take it to the next level. Yeah. So how did yeah. that go? I mean, you get 16 state titles. I mean, that, that's unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's, it's cool to have one, maybe two, right. But 16. You know, so, so you were allowed to do four events per year. So, so it was four titles a year. What I realized though, now looking back and having coached for a number of years, what I realized is, is more rare is the range of events that they were in. So um, it ranged from anywhere from the high jump and hundred meter hurdles to cross country. So I just didn't know. I grew up in the small town where really just kind of wherever we needed points is would be the events that I would do. And, <laughs> and that was fun for me because I was like right. always training for new events. So, and I, I really do believe it's one reason why I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm kind of dipping my toe into the ultra realm. Now, these days, I, I think it's one reason why I'm still doing it and still healthy is that at a really young age, 
um, you know, I really wasn't just running distance or just doing sprints. There was a lot of different things. And so I'm mindful now as a coach, I think it's really important for younger kids to develop fully and try a lot of different events. It just happened to be the path that I went, ran down, <laughs> yeah. but it really did work out. And it can be a lifelong sport. I tell people that all the time. Um, even though my running is looking very different these days. And I'm sure we're going to talk about that too. That's right. That's right. So let's talk about that for a second though. Growing up, obviously successful with the, the track, you played other sports. Well, I mean, what was it like for us parents that to, to kind of, I guess, harness that energy and, and make sure you're doing well, but yet not ride you and be you know, how were your parents involved in your life? Right. What, what was it like with them? Oh yeah. It's a great question. So um, I, Again, something that I always just thought was very normal. I didn't realize that I was so lucky to have, like my dad would drive the team activity bus and keep stats a lot of the times. And we kind of joke that he was the assistant coach because he was sort of a lot of times like behind the scenes, figuring out points and optimal events and things like that. Um, and then my mom would be like the team mom and she would seriously bake banana bread and it was always <laughs> great for all the kids whose parents couldn't be there. So again, I just, I didn't realize how lucky I was to have them as such a part of that whole experience. And then even as I got older and competed, um, you know, throughout college and then post-collegiately, there was hardly ever a big event that they weren't there for on the sidelines. Um, Amazing. And then in later on years, you know, some really fun events like the Gate River Run National 15K Championships are in Jacksonville every year. And, um, you Which know, you won. The, uh, locally for the, for the yeah. local females, um, you know, but really you're just, I always tell people one thing that's so unique about that race is it's in our hometown and you're lining up with Olympians. I mean, if you're a golfer, you can't just like go line up with Tiger Woods one day right. because you want to, you know, it's, it's just a really special experience that I got to share, um, on that level for years. Uh, and so, and then, you know, to not just run, but then also have a lot of clients, whether they're corporate or, um, private clients that are also out there running that just, and so my parents were just always there. And so they were part of the team, even throughout these last 10 years of, um, Stackhouse fitness too. Yeah. So. And so let's talk about that. So Stackhouse fitness, that is your uh, business, right? That you're helping corporate clients and runners and, and people all over the, really the world now with the zoom and all the things that you can do, which is nice. Um, but you talk about, uh, I, I wrote this down, but having, uh, talking about taking back your life and optimizing your health and wellness, not only for performance, but for disease prevention. So let's spend some time on that. So, because that's crucial, right? As we all age and we get um, maybe less active with sports that we're lucky enough to play as kids, how do we optimize our health now uh, to prevent disease? It's a great question, right? Because even what you have four children, um, four active boys, yeah. even what sports are looking like now, depending on where you live, also does look very different than even a year or two ago. So, so I've shifted my focus from having everything be performance driven, right? Which is a very natural outcome given my background, um, and just working on form and mechanics and training, all of which are important. But to start focusing on those other elements that I call, and this is regardless of your age, the whole athlete. So mindset, the mindset piece, which yes, does play into performance. Um, but also now, right, there's a lot of attention given to athletes and mental health or just mental health in general. 
and um, the toll that that can take on the physical and vice versa. And also, you know, the nutrition piece, right? We can't, you can't have a discussion about wellness and leave that out. It's, it's the sleep portion. I'm learning so much more about that. Um, over this last year and a half during the pandemic, we had these opportunities, right? To um, study more, pick up new certifications. So I'm working on breath work. That's something that's completely new. It was foreign to me. I, I made it through my entire career. Never once was that ever mentioned and nor did I know it was a thing. And, and probably if you would have told me it was at the time, I would have grouped it in the classification with like yoga and meditation and basically yeah. the things that I was running full steam ahead on and didn't, didn't make time for. And now I realize how important all those things So let me are. interrupt so, you on that. So if I can, because I think that's important, right? Because I think whether, even if it's business, forget running for a little bit, it's business. You want to run and gun and get this presentation and go to that meeting and go do this thing. And, but yet I always talk about on here, slowing down so we can speed up. So what, what have you learned now about breath work and meditation, right? Those things that are really kind of polar opposite to what we think about winning because you have to slow down, you got to stop and you got to focus on breathing. So what are you learning about that? Yeah, it's such a, it's a really great question. I, especially since I do work with a lot of runners or triathletes, um, it's slowing down, right. Isn't really in our vocabulary. So nope. I like to say deliberate, um, to make it deliberate rather than slow, but, but I also say to look for opportunities where you can add those things. in. for example, with a track athlete, um, I can tell you, cause I, I texted back and forth with one this morning who has a key workout for her cross country season coming up. So, um, breath work is something that's really difficult to work on when you're going when you're in a race or you're in a hard workout, right. Or you're in a hard interval, but I tell them to look for opportunities, say, for example, on the recovery interval, when it might be walking or very easy jogging, um, or the recovery days, you know, which might be an easier, if you're a runner and you're running most days, it might be an easier run type of day. Um, so looking for those opportunities where you can incorporate the breath work, or if it's in the actual recovery mode after the workout. So I love for an athlete of any sort to take a little bit of time, even if that's just five minutes where they're unplugged from their phone and maybe their foam rolling, or they're in an ice bath or an Epsom's bath or something that is rope stretching, something that's um, there again, beneficial for their bodies. I was just at this, um, Everesting event, which we'll talk about later where they had the Norma tech boots. So for 10 minutes, you're in the Norma tech boots and you're getting the leg flush out and you're working on that breath work. Um, so, you know, I just tell people to look for opportunities. You're standing in line at the store, you know, I guess maybe not as many people do that now that they're ordering everything yeah. online and having it delivered, but, but finding those moments either in your workout or in your day where you can work on them. And so, and this will lead back into another one of my philosophies, which is just that those little things add up over time. Right. And so I'm a huge believer in a lot of my platform yeah. is built on staying healthy injury prevention so that you can do the sport that you love, or you can live your best life, or you can be the best for your company or your family, uh, is just really, you know, doing all those little things that really add up. And a lot of people really want to focus on like the magic workouts or the key, you know, the bulk right. of training. And I'm constantly reminding them, like, it's, what are you doing those other, you know, 22 hours of the day? um, that are really going to make the biggest differences. Um, most specifically with like breath work. 
So walk us through that again, because people on this show say breath work all the time and I've not really slowed down enough or, or I've never been deliberate enough, if you will. Uh, to, so <laughs> you don't have to obviously walk us through your actual exercise of breath work, but what does that mean to you when you say breath work? Yeah, that's a good question. So I'm still learning too. Um, it, it's a new certification I'm picking up as well, but, um, intentional breathing. So, you know, a lot of times we're most of us, right. Especially now, right. The pace is picked back up again. Demands are high again. We kind of got used to this place. We were there long mm-hmm. enough where things were quieter and, you know, there was more time to work on things like that but now it's like the pace is picked back up. So a lot of times we're, we're shallow breathing, we're shallow breathers and we don't really know it. And runners can be that way anyways, right? Especially right now in Florida, like it's, it's super, it's hot where you are right now. It's stifling, it's humid, it's tough to breathe. And so that kind of can lead back into this cycle of just like the shallow breathing. And, um, and then you're just, you know, you just keep feeling worse. And sometimes, you know, the workout just keeps getting worse or, um, or, you know, just taking those few moments, you get off a stressful work call, um, or maybe your kids are at home that day too, because school's closed again that day. And so it's just like mayhem, but taking, you know, even just a couple minutes, um, it doesn't have to be like an all day thing, but so, so like a, a long nasal inhale and a long mouth exhale is a lot of what I'm learning. And there are things, different styles called like box breathing, which would be a five count inhale, a five count hold, a five count exhale and a five count hold on that cutoff four count. It it doesn't have to be perfect, but there are lots of, um, I found little, uh, apps out there that you can use. I don't necessarily have a favorite yet. I'm still kind of learning there myself. But, um, you know, so you can even have like a little breathwork coach (laughs) daily. Um, and again, I think the important thing is it really doesn't take a lot of time, but like anything, the more you practice it, the more mindful you are of it. And the more you realize its benefits, because I think that's the thing with any, right. Whether that's training or whatever it is you're doing, when you start to feel better and you know, it's working, that's when you'll trust it and you'll stick with it. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that I have learned too in meetings, even like if you're getting some anxiousness or whatever it may be, is that if you have that habit now, you can really do this breathing that you're talking about with anybody without people really even knowing you're doing it. And, and I think that really helps kind of low, lower the anxieties, maybe lower the heart rate, right? Free up, get some oxygen in the brain, think clear. Those things are critically, critically important, whether you're training or in the boardroom, it, it's really, really important. So uh, I appreciate you going through that yeah. because it is, it is something that, you know, as a, I played sports growing up and golf and, and different things. And so it was one of those things, nobody ever talked about that stuff, but even now on the golf course, I can get my breathing right because, you know, you're walking, you're running up a hill, you're doing something to get to your shot. While I know it's golf, it's not, you know, running, you know, an ultra marathon like you're doing, but still your heart rate is elevated. You're not going to hit as good of a shot, right? Mm -hmm. Lower my heart rate. I can hit a better shot. Yeah. Lowers your cortisol levels, you know, the stress hormone in our body, which I I think again, is probably fair to say for a lot of us right now can just spike at any given moment due to situations that arise throughout the day. Um, so it's just a really good way to work on that. And then, especially with my younger athletes, I like to, to tie in the mindset piece with the breath work. 
Um, so working on it, it's something that as a young athlete, I just, I didn't, I don't think I knew what it was called then. Um, but visualization, but I could, I would really always like picture myself running the course before I ran the course. If I'd been there, if I hadn't been there before, I like to run like the first mile of the course when I got there to at least picture what did the start and scope out the finish and which kind of shoes am I going to wear? And, you know, like all those things, just in general, the more you can, you can't control the, for all the elements, right? Like I always, especially yeah. talk, it's like the one thing you can't control for is the weather. And you really can't control what your competition does. Although you get fit enough and strategy does play a role in that. And sometimes, but in general, you know, being prepared for all the variables you can prepare for, which gives you a lot of confidence. And so yeah. whether that's, um, a track meet or a competition or a big business meeting, sales pitch, um, you know, really those are skills that can be practiced just like the breath work. Yep. And I think that's important as well, right? I'm glad you're bringing this up. I think it's, I'm reading a book right now um, and it talks about that and this neutral thinking and all the stuff that's going on, but it is, it talks about these, these great athletes to the great business people, how you can sit there, literally close your eyes, focus on your breathing and focus on what that meeting is going to look like. And, you know, if you do that and I don't, there's probably a better outcome for you than there is for me. Fair. Yeah. It's like, you've already been in the room before you've been in the yep. room. Right. <laughs> yeah. And there really is just so much to be said for that. I mean, especially when we're talking about these endurance events, which, which I don't know if I had to put a percentage on it, what I would say is the percentage mental component, but it's really high. I mean, yes, you have to be physically fit and trained and prepared and handle your fueling right on the day. But really, um, it does come down to, I said recently, it's a will-a-thon, you know, um, having decided already in advance, uh, what you're going to do, what, what that next step is going to look like. And again, you can't control for all the variables, but, um, but your mind is already set to where, you know, for example, it's like this morning, it's, we got a little bit of that storm coming up here and it's raining all day. It was already decided that like that that run's going to happen this morning, no matter what. <laughs> and so it did get That's a little right. wet and rain, but, um, but you know, because if, because if we go off of how we felt all the time, unfortunately, um, especially now that's probably not going to be great every single day, you know, given the challenges that a lot of people are facing and exercise can be in general, a really great outlet for that. It doesn't have to be a race. You know, that's what I try to tell people all the time. Cause I think they, they look at, what I've done or my career, my position now and think, you know, well, it's, it's, it's not as good if it's not that or to that level. And that's just not true at all. I mean, really just even, um, taking 15 minutes for yourself. Cause I think sometimes people get in this boat of like, well, if it's not, you know, a full blown workout, um, then it's, then it wasn't worthwhile. It's just not true. You know, um, even just a lifestyle exercise. I tell people to look for opportunities with that, you know, whether that's the little things we know of, like, um, taking the stairs or, um, parking a little further away or walking in a park, you know, exercise with your kids, like you may not label that as exercise per se, but it's all those, again, all those little things add up. They're more manageable. Love it. Love it. So what, what should our focus be daily now? So when you think about just uh, again, the, the weekend warrior that may be working out, right. Or, or the man or woman that's it's running around with kids and we got business stuff going on. We're not this endurance athlete. 
what should our daily focus be to live optimally, right? Live the best life that we can possibly be through our health. That's a really great question. Um, if you're asking me from kind of my mindset and the athlete's mindset standpoint, I personally always feel like I'm the best version of myself. And when I work with my clients, uh, they're training for something really hard. I see it in them too. And, and they, um, you know, say that to me that they feel as though they're the best version of themselves and for their families and everything else when they're doing something that's a little bit outside their comfort zone, when they're um, taking on something that scares them a little bit. And again, I'm saying this, this is how I feel too. Um, so that said, I also remind people don't try to compare to what everyone else is doing, right? That's so easy to do now with social right. media, everything's accessible and, um, you know, things look like they're so great. Like again, this mountain experience that we'll talk about. Um, but what I remind people is it doesn't have to be a marathon. It doesn't have to be an ultra marathon. It doesn't even have to be running. It could be golf, but, but choosing something that, um, maybe you can put on the calendar to work towards, um, just in general, right. We're more motivated to get up and work towards that goal. when that's the case and yeah. we're likely to do it no matter what and squeeze it in between business meetings or, um, you know, meetings from your kids' schools or sports or right. Even like for the parent that's getting in that exercise while their child is at practice, you know, I tell people, look for those opportunities again, like you're already there, you know, you can still watch, you know, just go around the field. And, um, I've done that before I've run, <laughs> run circles around fields. A lot of times there's a track there, which really helps. Right. But, right. Uh, but again, just looking for those, those avenues and, um, not being afraid to sign up for something that maybe you've always wanted to do. Cause I think there's a lot of accountability in that. Um, and then two, just the day to day, you know, realizing that really what, what I think we are and should be most focused on right now is, um, injury and disease prevention, right? Because as I mentioned earlier, stress levels are high. Um, and just the world is constantly changing and we're, and yeah. we are very adaptable, right? Our bodies, our minds are so adaptable, but we also are creatures of habit and the change can be really hard. Um, so I think finding creative ways, like for me personally, this last year, it was, I had been track racing for a very long time, uh, running around circles, <laughs> <laughs> road racing for a very long time. We're talking decades of each. Yeah. And so the trail racing is a new realm for me. Um, yes, it is. I will use the word here, slower. The pace is slower. Yeah. Not <laughs> but deliberate, but slower. Technical, yeah. It's a little easier on my body. I'm in my forties now. Um, <laughs> and it's a new challenge. It's something I haven't done before. So I don't really have anything to compare it to before. Right. So, so, um, and, you know, even mentally, it's very stimulating when you um, are doing something for the first time. Um, you know, the studies have shown now that we can still, even in later ages, experience brain growth. And so experiencing things for the first time is a way to do that. Um, so for this last year, we've all experienced things for the first time, I think. <laughs> that that um, we have for sure. Yeah. And finding those avenues that can be healthy avenues for you, whatever that is. And it doesn't have to be entering a competition. It can just be learning a new skill. It can be that simple. Like it. So let's talk about the nutrition side because obviously that's very important. But again, lots of business people listening to this podcast 
what are some eating habit hacks, if you will? So uh, it's a lot easier. Like tonight, for example, we will, I will work all day. I will go home, change, and immediately go to a soccer game, uh, get done, have to drive 40 minutes to go to another soccer game, get done with that. It's 30, 9 o'clock at night. And this isn't poor me, right? This is just painting the picture of this is what I think a lot of people in my age demographics are doing right now. And so it's a lot easier to drive through pick your favorite restaurant and grab, try to be healthy there uh, and eat that on the go. And you get home and it's like, you know, and we do that sometimes a fair amount for me, especially, but what are some hacks, right? That's a long winded way to answer that question, but what are some hacks that we need to focus on so we can be prepared mentally for our nutrition? Yeah, for sure. That's a great question. And I think what it comes down to, because I hear this time and time again, I've experienced it myself as well. Um, it comes down to time, right? It's, it's like anything else. It's like your workouts. Um, if, if there's not a lot of time and you're hungry or hangry, you're going to go for what's convenient. The good news is a lot of restaurants have gotten better with, they've had to, to be competitive, um, with offering some healthy alternatives, the key is to know how to navigate those menus. Um, so we could talk about that as a whole separate discussion, but, but generally when we are really hungry, right. What we're craving is not necessarily going to be the healthiest. So just like we're talking about with this training and the mindset stuff, um, preparing as much as possible in advance. So, um, again, and that takes time. So maybe that is on a Sunday afternoon when you do a lot of the food prep, um, which really just kind of like your training too, once you get in the routine of it, um, it does become routine and it, and it does make it, you know, again, once you realize how smooth it can make the week ahead to just have all that stuff on hand already. Um, and what I'm talking about is preparing, you know, like maybe you're like a huge sheet pan of roasted veggies. Um, and even kids I will find will eat them if they're so like when I was a kid, I didn't like certain veggies cause I thought they were like mushy or like not as flavorful. <laughs> and we were lucky, you know, we always had a, a garden with like, again, I, I didn't realize it wasn't normal to always just like go out and pick fresh vegetables. <laughs> even now I'm getting them from like the farm stand daily, which is just yeah. awesome. But um, but I love them roasted or, you know, and I'll find that even like my high school clients that I work with and they'll tell me like, ew, I hate kale yeah. or I hate, spinach. well, you can sneak them into smoothies and they don't even know that they're there. You don't taste them. I mean, they yeah, you're right. But yeah. And so I'm a huge fan, especially with kids with smoothies. And even now myself being in Florida, like after a run, it's just a great way to start my day off, blast my body with some fruits and veggies. And then, you know, like a lot of things, like with your training, right. When you do your workout first thing in the morning, you're going to make better choices the rest of the day, right. usually. And just so what's like, in Julie you know, Stackhouse's smoothie. What's the Julie Stackhouse <laughs> smoothie special like, today? As I'm drinking my coffee right now. Too, <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. My smoothie today is a new one that I'm going to try. Um, it's not my go-to, but I'll tell you what that one is too. Um, I got kiwi and cucumbers and spinach and pineapple. And I usually like to do like, uh, uh some kind of milk alternative. So like almond milk, yep. uh, vegan protein powder that I like called garden of life, sport, vanilla, 
um, okay. very specific on the sport because the other one doesn't have a lot of taste. I don't think okay. <laughs> I've tried a lot of them. The good news is with a lot of those too, is you can try the samples first and then just figure out what you like before you get a huge okay. tub of it. Um, and then usually some kind of nut butter for, for the protein. I primarily plant-based most of the time. I do like some fish too, especially where I live, um, can get fresh seafood pretty often. So, so that's, that's my new smoothie today, but my go-to is pretty simple. Like, um, keeping frozen bananas on hand. So it's a great thing to do with those bananas that are like starting to turn and maybe nobody wants them anymore. They're getting rejected. Just throw them in the freezer um, after you peel them. And then you just put those in your smoothie and it kind of acts like an ice cube too, which makes for a nice consistency. So I usually like banana, blueberries, any kind of berries for a blast. Um, and again, the, the protein mix, some kind of nut butter and the almond milk, and then, um, a little cinnamon for anti-inflammatory properties. So, but I think the fun part is you can get creative and all and, that's in your smoothie. Yeah. It's all in there. Okay. Yeah. I love it. I love <laughs> but it. Again, back to what you said, I'm on the go a lot too, or at least I used to be a lot more. And sure. so I would rely on, I got kind of lazy myself and would rely on like bars a lot. Um, which are, there are some good ones out there. Um, but that's kind of the other thing too, is that I tell people to beware of foods that make superfood claims. So a lot of times, um, foods that are marketed at us as being really healthy or these magic fixes, right? Just like I said, yeah. there's no magic workout. It so much of food is marketing, even the way the grocery store is laid out. You know, I tell people there are ways just, they're just like visualization with a workout. Um, if you can picture the perimeter of the grocery store, it really is the best place to shop because everything on the perimeter generally is fresh right. and refrigerated and it will perish. And, you know, I tell people like as Americans, we're programmed to um, want things to be, to last longer, right. To get our, the most value for these products. And if we get fresh fruits and veggies and we throw them away. Well, then we're wasting money. Right. So, but I always say if a food is made to last long on a shelf, it's going to last a while in your body as well. So mm. really we do want, I, I, another one of my little rules is if it can't rot, it's not food. Or if your <laughs> parents wouldn't recognize it as food, it's not really food. It's some kind of a processed food product um, which again, doesn't mean I don't enjoy, especially, um, I, I love a good, like homemade salsa, like chips and salsa, chips and guac. I'm kind of a more savory snacker than sweet. Um, but again, I think just like having some of your favorite things on hand, preparing those in advance for kids. I love, um, to have parents make like trail mixes and, you know, put the dark chocolate pieces in there, you know, make it fun, but, um, so that they have, you know, in their backpacks or in their, um, you know, soccer bag or whatever, some snacks that they can go to. Um, because in general, if we're, if we're prepared, we're better able to fend off those crazy cravings or the drive-through. Yeah. Yeah. But I appreciate all that because that, that's, you can tell just one, your passion for it and just the preparation. It's just no different than the going into a meeting, right? If I'm prepared, meeting is going to be better. If I'm prepared for my nutrition, probably going to be better. Right. And that yeah. preparation is huge to your point. And it does, it does take a little time up front, but it will save time in the end. And you can yeah. get the whole family involved, you know? Um, yeah. A lot of times, right. The time, the, the details are in like the chopping and, you know, preparation, things like that, even having the healthy things on hand to begin with. Yeah. Um, so just having those in the, in the fridge to begin with is when it matters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily live somewhere where we have um, really great farmer's markets. I think they're trying to improve those where I live, but 
but like here in the Carolinas, you know, great farmers markets every week. Um, even when you can shop like that, you know, here's the other thing is like, um, another little trick is, is the closer that the food was to its original state. So for example, like this surprises a lot of people that frozen, um, fruits, like I use in my smoothies a lot. Um, they're closer to the state they were when they were picked than like by the fresh berries right at the store. But we don't actually know, well, when were those picked? Probably early, probably before they were ready so that they wouldn't be rotten by the time they shipped and got to the store and made it to your house. So just little, sometimes little tricks like that, even just knowing those things, like just knowing it um, goes a long way. That's good to hear because I got all this fruit I buy at these grocery stores and I'm always like, gosh, I bet fresh strawberries would be better for me than the frozen strawberries. But I'm glad to hear you say that. Yeah. And you made me think of another thing. This isn't really what you were asking, but there are lists that you can look up online and they're called the dirty dozen and the clean 15. And they change every year based on um, the guidelines. But in general, the dirty dozen are the foods and veggies and fruits that are worth it to buy organic. And the clean 15 are the ones that in general, you don't have to buy organic. So it'd just be, you're sort of just spending extra money. Um, and I think that's helpful for a lot of people to know. I think you might've said strawberries and that's what made me think of it because they're normally high on the list of offenders as far as potential um, pesticides or whatnot. So it's worth it to buy um, organic strawberries. Um, but in general, like any kind of a fruit with a covering or a vegetable with a covering, right? Like an avocado or an orange or yeah. a pineapple. They're pretty safe. Um, they're usually on the clean 15 list. Um, but that's just something that like not a lot of people have heard of. And I think it's a helpful. No, that's amazing. Like, you're, we're in the grocery stores and we're trying to make good choices, but we're like, what does that look like? And then, oh, by the way, they put everything that your kids want that are, that are sugary and delicious at their eye level. And if you think about that, like the really healthy things are hidden, like way up on the shelf right. or some far organic aisle in the back of the store. Um, you know, unless you're, you're shopping at like whole foods or right. something like that. Um, natural grocers is one I encountered in my travels a lot out West. I, I actually liked those a lot, but anyway, so just knowing that the store even is set up for you to fail. <laughs> so you, yeah, you it's crazy. Be ready, like everything right is like on those end caps, right. As you're checking out all the candy. <laughs> so, so amazing. Just, our, our world is set up for us to fail, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, somebody's successful off of that, <laughs> but, um, but if we're talking optimal health and wellness, um, you know, just uh, that knowledge is power. And, and then just tying back into what you said, I, I think when we do have kind of those things on the schedule, we're training for like several of my clients right now, it's Boston, right? Cause the Boston marathon got yeah. pushed in fall. So it's coming up here yeah. in October. So they're doing better with their diets too, because um, now they've moved off of this point where last year they were kind of stuck in a rut. They're training hard for this thing. And they're like, it's a month out or so. And I'm going to make better choices with the foods I prepare for myself and for my family too. And so it all kind of ties in together. So let's talk about this. I, I love this, by the way, I love transparency. Vulnerability is you've got on your website, all of your times, anywhere from the 800 meter to a 10 mile race, all the way up to a triathlon or the Ironman, sorry, the Ironman triathlon. But so I would ask you this, why, why the transparency? I think, uh, well, primarily one, I realized that that is, there are a lot of great runners out there, but I realized that that range is abnormal. It's not normal to have had, you know, yeah. good 
sprint times all the way to winning an Ironman. So, uh, so I, I use that also because I think sometimes when I work with athletes, it's helpful for them to know that I can relate to them. Um, and maybe that's that I haven't run their exact times. For example, I, I have the privilege to work with Jenna Hutchins, who is the national record holder in the 5k. Um, she ran 15, uh, let's see, 38 and 58 last year, um, track and then cross country to set records in both. I've never run those times. <laughs> I will never yeah. see those times unless I'm on a bike. <laughs> um, but, uh, but what they know is that you know what it took to get to the starting line um, to win championships and to go after the things that at the time for me were the highest things I could pursue. Um, and so, yeah, I think that transparency is just to, to show the range that, you know, not that I can necessarily line up and do those times today, <laughs> right. um, but that I've been there. I know what it takes. I know the mindset that it takes um, to, you know, I I always say not just to get to those finish lines, but to get to those big start lines healthy. Yeah. And I think, so my next question would be, it's easy to talk about. It's not easy because it's, it's really hard to be successful, Um, but it's easy on the days we want to do it. Right. So what does Julie Stackhouse on a day you get up and you don't want to do it? Right. You don't want to, I got to go make the damn smoothie or I got to go run the, the, this five mile thing. I got to go exercise. I got to do this. Like, what do you do that sets you apart? Because in my belief, the people that are really, really, really good in business and in sports are the ones that are better at doing things when they don't want to do it. So what are your, what are your habits? You're hundred percent right. It's just really funny that you ask that because, uh, and talk about transparency. I've been trying to do better over this last year with, um, as you did mention earlier, I'm a Brooks ambassador, um, with posting on social media and it wasn't mm-hmm. something I fully embraced before. I just wasn't hundred percent comfortable with it, um, of the concept of like, look at me and look what I'm doing. But what I've learned is it can be used for good and to tell a story and not just for marketing purposes, but to really, um, help answer some of these common questions that, that people have, you know, I get them as their coach, but they, they feel alone in asking them. They don't realize that five other people that day have asked me the same question. And most recently it has been on how hot it is and how difficult the training is and how terrible they're feeling in general. So they're like trudging through this thing that they're trying to love. They're not feeling the love back. And, and so I just posted today, you know, if I only worked out on the days that I felt like it, and let's remember, this has been my job, my passion, my career. Uh, it would be very few days, really, because right. especially lately, you know, again, it's um, even just basic travel after not having done it for a long time can be exhausting. Like the little things can take more out of us. Um, I think most recently I've heard it called decision fatigue, and I'm like, it's mm. real. <laughs> and when I say that, people fatigue. are like, huh, kind of makes sense, right? Like by the end of the day, you're totally fried, and you think. And, and just like as runners, they think like, oh, I'm giving up or like mentally I'm giving up. Not necessarily. You might also just like every circuit in your body is telling you we're tired. You know, um, we need a break. And just in general, we've right. We've all been going through this long thing and are waiting for that break. And we kind of thought we had it and then we didn't really. So again, depending on where you live and w- what the levels are like. So, yeah. so, you know, going back to just, um, how important that is to take that time for yourself. I, I think whether it's a PR workout, a personal record, or just, just you sweat 
some that day or you had 30 minutes to yourself. I think that's so important. And especially I, I find this a lot with young moms that I work with and they feel like that's selfish of them. And I really just tell them like, in order for you to be healthy and stay healthy and be your best for everyone else, you do have to take that time for yourself. And that's not selfish. Um, yeah. you know, cause it is hard to, to care for others when you yourself aren't feeling well. Um, but yeah, just going back to that question, I, I, I think it's what I said earlier. The decision is made in advance that no, it might mean you end up altering what you're doing that day. Some days your body's just not cooperating and yeah. you maybe didn't sleep enough or whatever the night before is, is still not settling well. You know, it's, um, it's Wednesday and it was after taco Tuesday and maybe you threw a margarita <laughs> in there. Right. Know? Right. Um, and so, so being able to adjust to, and I think that's the other thing I've said recently is it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, but just, just do your best, like give the effort and take that time for yourself and you won't regret it. That's what I said today is, is we don't always feel great before we do the workout, but you're never upset when you come back in and you take your shoes off and you've done it. Yeah. No, you're not mad at yourself and say, gosh, I'm so upset that I just went and sweat and ran well, and exercised and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. work that way. So I'm going to put you on the yeah. spot here. I'm going to throw out four words and I want you to, uh, to rank these. Okay. okay. Uh, nutrition, cool. sleep, water, and movement and movement. I'm calling, you know, your exercise, right? Maybe that's yoga. Maybe it's running, maybe it's lifting, whatever it is. So, um, nutrition, okay. sleep, water, movement. Okay. I have the answer and this answer would have been different a year ago. I am going to tell you that I have probably listened to 12 too many podcasts. <laughs> okay. I, it's uh no, really, I've learned so much over this last year. I, I never used to listen to anything while I ran or walked or hiked or anything. As we talked about earlier, I most often didn't slow down enough um, to you know, stop paying attention to distance and time enough. And again, you know, this was training. It was my job too. So I kind of say it, um, facetiously, but, uh, I would go sleep, then water, then nutrition, then movement. And I realize as I'm saying that, that I am the movement coach, <laughs> but really that's how important. So sleep first and foremost. And, and again, something else I knew my entire life. Okay. We should be getting seven to eight hours of sleep, right? That number is kind of thrown out there. Just like we should be having X number of servings or fruits or veggies a day. Oh, by the way, who makes those charts? Um, you know, we could get in, that's a whole nother thing. Um, so these suggestions are thrown out there, right? But I didn't know exactly how much sleep affects everything else. Amazing. So most recently heard it in a rich role podcast whom I love endurance athlete himself um, yep. and becoming, you know, friends in those circles. Now that I'm starting to meet a lot more people like that at these endurance events um, is that if you're not going to sleep or you're not going to exercise properly, or you're not going to eat well, do not choose the not sleep part. And, and then I just listened to this three hour podcast on the neuroscience of why, and it really made sense. It's wow. again, like, given my background and, and knowing what I do know in these realms, it all clicked. And it just made me realize that, Oh, it's again, it's not a matter of willpower concerning food choices. Um, if we haven't slept well, literally those hormones in our body, leptin and ghrelin, they sound like little gremlins. They're off. 
and they go in the directions that we don't want them to go in. And that's literally if we're just like one hour down of sleep a night and not only just sleep, the amount of time that you're spending in um, REM sleep each night and, and how important that is. So, um, and then especially for kids whose brains really are still growing at rapid rates. So like last year, I learned that they found kids in general were performing a lot better despite all these challenges and despite being homeschooled and everything like that, most largely because they think because they were sleeping more, they weren't necessarily having to start their days as early as they did before. And right. they were, they were getting more sleep and like, right. Parents were kind of letting them sleep in a little bit more because you also had work to do at home yeah. <laughs> and that's easier when they're yeah. sleeping. So anyway, uh, I, I think what, what shocked me the most is they said that just daylight savings time every year, the, the percentage of um, cardiac arrest that next day, just on one hour less sleep that night is, is really high. And they show that it spikes like that time every year. And that's scary wow. to me. Yeah. I mean, I, and again, these stats, you'd have to, again, it's a ritual podcast. If you right. have three hours drive somewhere, yeah. three hour power walk up a mountain, but, um, it was, it was mind blowing to me and it just, so it did cause me to go back and restructure things as I'm teaching my clients yeah. to do that. Really, if they want to have optimal workouts, um, pay attention to sleep first. And I'm working specifically with like college athletes in this realm, right? Because like, I mean, I don't know that it gets more yeah. sleep deprived than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was before, right? Like now. And so, uh, so I'm really, you know, and when I tell them something as simple as sleep, they're like, you know, they're waiting for more. Yeah. And I want something else. That's not the answer I was looking for. Damn it. Two weeks <laughs> later, and they're telling me. I slept more this, this week. Like they were in bed by you know, like, this will sound unheard of, but for, you know, a college runner that's trying to achieve at a national level, um, yeah. I'm in bed by nine or nine 30 every night. I might not be asleep, but I'm in bed. My roommate's doing it now too, you know, and they're really excited it, because like, yeah. you know, they're starting to feel better. And, and these are just like, they sound like little things, but again, they're huge. And I didn't know them. I, it does make me wonder. I, I don't have any regrets, but I do wonder like, I'm that person that would have done everything. Like I, yeah. like I, I, I did everything. Cause I didn't think I was the most talented person on the tracker in the room. I just, I knew that if I really committed myself, you know, going back to that, what's the element of success. I yeah. knew that I would never regret trying to do all the right things within my power. Um, that, that you don't ever get that time back. Like that's what I always tell a young athlete now is you have four years, you know, right. If they're high school or four years more, if you're in college or four years, if you're training for an Olympic training cycle and then the rest of your life to do everything else, if you want, you know, like, but for those four years to be really focused and know that you gave it everything you could, um, you'll have no regrets. Yeah. That's you huge. I love that. So sleep, water, and you're confident. That's right. So yeah, sleep, so water, nutrition, and movement, uh, are your order, which I love that I was, I was assuming that was probably going to be the order actually, uh, when I wrote those down today, but, uh, I'm glad to I hear that. But... Water over the nutrition because, um, I'll, again, like I talked about a lot of us being shallow breathers and not knowing yeah. it, um, most always were dehydrated too. And that could be very largely the reason why your energy is feeling low or your food cravings are off. 
or, um, especially, you know, I write, like I live somewhere really hot. So just in general, when people finish a workout, you, you like you're, you could wring the water out of the clothes right. on your body. I mean, it's just, um, it's, it's significant. So that's why I put that one ahead. Um, and just realizing like how much better we would feel if we were hydrated throughout yeah. the day. Well, cause and you can eat the best food. stuff in the world, but if you're dehydrated, it doesn't matter. I mean, it matters what you're eating, but yeah. it still is going to be a, a downward spiral if you're dehydrated all the time. Yes. And if you're a coffee drinker like me, you do have to consume more water as well. I think it's an additional three cups for one. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so where do our listeners find more of Julie Stackhouse? You've got some great stuff you've given us today. Your website's phenomenal. Great Instagram stuff. Um, But so where, where do we find all that? Yeah. So I, so Stackhouse Fitness is, um, it's, it's getstackednow.com. It's stackednow.com. And you can find me there. I've got, um, you know, a form you can fill out on my website. If you just want some more information, I am on Instagram at jstack12. And um, like I said, trying to do better with posting, um, not just motivational things, but just daily updates, even, um, you know, these different events now that are new for me, sharing them with others. Um, And then kind of just ending with that movement piece, tying it all back in together, you know, I might've ranked that last, but that is really the greatest thing we can do for our mental health is just just get out and move your body. You know, like today I didn't, we had the rain coming in and I did get a little run in and then I just walked and, you know, normally I wouldn't have counted that probably as exercise, but it just felt good to be out moving and I got it in kind of right as the rain was coming in. And, um, but I think, you know, again, just looking for those opportunities, um, each day instead of excuses and you will, you know, you will start to feel better. Yep. I love it. I love it. Well, Julie Stackhouse, you were awesome. Thanks so much for being with us on the circuit of success. Uh, it's been a privilege to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. And I look forward to um, hearing more of your guests as well. Absolutely. Well, thanks for being with us. Thank you. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.